Fantastic. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here. And a couple things I want to tell you before we dive in to week four, the last week of our series of The Dip. If you were not here last week, if you were not part of everything that kind of God did last week up on the stage, you definitely need to go to onechurchmedia.tv and you need to watch it live. Because it was amazing just what God did with some of your questions as we've been wrestling through some tough questions that all of us deal with. So um, I really would encourage you, I don't say this a lot, but you need to go back and you need to watch last week's service. It was really, really good, all right? I will tell you this, next week we're going to be starting a new series called E, and we're talking about the life of Elijah. And uh, the hashtag for this is Everyone is Elijah, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter on that. And we're doing a five-week series on the character of this guy by the name of Elijah in the Bible. It's going to be really, really fun. So um, this week, we are finishing up the series on the dip. And the entire premise of this series revolves around a graphic, this graphic, the dip. And uh, let me just kind of, if you've, you've not been with us, let me explain kind of what happens with this. Is all of us, we begin, uh, if, you, if you're a Christ follower, we begin this relationship with God, and it's like, you know, birds are singing, and, and things are great, and it's like we, we finally get this intimacy with God that we've been hearing everybody else talk about, and when we pray, it's like we have a direct line to God, and when we read the Bible, it's like, wow, I can't believe this was written so many years ago, but it's, t- it's like he's talking to me, and when we go to church, the sermons are great, and with the worship band is fantastic, and it's awesome. And then life happens, right? And then another deployment happens, and then you can't pay the bills, and then you pray to God that God would actually be able to do something, and he doesn't do what we've been asking him to do. And what we experience is we go down in this dip, and we live our life in the dip, and we've been struggling through this entire series with a guy by the name of Habakkuk. And uh, Habakkuk is a book in the Bible, and his name literally means, anybody remember? To embrace or to wrestle, exactly right. To embrace or to wrestle. And we've been looking at Habakkuk asking some really tough questions of God. You know, so many times people be- believe that, you know, once you become a Christian, you have to have it all together, and you can only smile, you can never frown, you can never ask tough questions, you can never doubt, and all of that is bunk. Because we see this guy in the Old Testament named Habakkuk wrestle with God through some really difficult circumstances. And that's what we looked at the first week. That God wants us to be honest in our communication with him. The second week, we talked about what do you do when you're living life in the dip. When you're waiting in the dip. And we talked about that God is more interested in our character than our calendar. And many times, we expect God to to actually show up here, here, and here, and he does show up, but it may not be on our time. And the reason why he doesn't work on our timetable is because God is doing something in us, not just around us, but he wants to do something in us. Last week, we looked at the last chapter, chapter (coughs) 3, excuse me, of the book of Habakkuk, and we looked at what do you do to get out of the dip. We looked at that all of us, that we are to make the choice of being thankful and to worship God. And when we do that, we get on this higher plane where we're able to see from things from God's perspective. And when we make the choice 
to thank God and to worship God, even though our circumstances don't change, God changes us in our circumstances. That was chapter 3. Well, today, we're going to be looking at one verse in the Bible, the last verse of Habakkuk chapter 3. What we're talking about today is this, that fear, fear, fear paralyzes us and gets us stuck in the dip. Fear. What are you afraid of? You know, where does fear come from? Uh, The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, this. For God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. But of power, love, and self-discipline. If God doesn't give us fear, then where does fear come from? I believe it comes from our enemy. Fear can rob us of sleep. It can rob us of peace. It can make us warriors. And fear can keep us from experiencing the goodness of God. What are you afraid of? Are you fearful right now? Now hear me. I'm not just talking about afraid of spiders, right? I mean, uh, there are some fears that are good. Being afraid of sharks is a healthy fear. Fear, uh, Some fears are healthy. I'm not talking about those fears. I'm talking about the fears that keeps us laying awake at night. The fears that just churns like acid in our stomachs. The fear that keeps us paralyzed from doing what we know what we should be doing, but we always ask the question, well, what if this, or what if that, or, and just what if, and fill in the blanks. What are you afraid of? What are you fearful right now? Maybe you're fearful of a relationship flying apart at the seams. Fearful maybe of losing your job, not being able to provide for your family. Fearful that you're not in control. Maybe you're fearful of your next permanent change of station. Maybe you're fearful of your spouse getting deployed to Afghanistan again. Maybe you're fearful of your spouse coming back from Afghanistan and they being a totally different person. Maybe you're afraid of your spouse coming back and saying, you know what, I don't love you anymore. Maybe you're afraid that your children will never come back. Maybe you're just afraid of not being able to have kids. What if we never get pregnant? Fear. Illogical, paralyzing fear. How different would your world be, would my world be, if we were, uh, were just free of fear today? Where would we be? How different would our circumstances be? I truly believe this. It's not going to be a lack of ability or talent or any other resource that you and I have that's going to keep us from experiencing the life God has called us to. It's going to be fear. Think about this. All right, if you've grown up in the in, in kind of in the you know about the Bible and some stuff like this, what kept the Israelites under Moses from experiencing the promised land? It was them being afraid. It was nothing else than them being afraid. You know, we live in a fearful society. Back in the 70s, how many of y'all grew up in the 70s? Y'all are my people. Let me tell you. Back in the 70s, we're so afraid today. Back in the 70s, they didn't even have seatbelts, did they? I remember going on vacation, and, you know, we would kind of hang out. We would be kind of going back and forth in front of the car, back of the car, right? There was nothing. There wasn't a seat. There wasn't a stitch of a seatbelt. I remember there wasn't even, like, any baby carriers. Like, if you're driving down the road, the baby's cold. You put the baby up on the dashboard, let the sun (laughs) shine the baby as you go 55 miles down. I'm serious, right? I mean... 
I mean, but now, I mean, we've got five point, six point, twenty point harnesses for my infant, right? I mean, we got, and, and then you know, you pull down the sun visor and don't put kids in the front seat. You got to flip it this way, and then you got to reverse it with the. And I'm, I'm like, seriously, I mean, I, I grew up with not no seat belts. I remember growing up, people didn't wear bike helmets. They didn't even make them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you saw, back in the 70s, if you saw one of those bike helmets today, you would think, that person's a little different, right? (laughs) But today, everybody's got bike helmets. And we should, right? I mean, everybody's got knee pads. Everybody's got elbows. Everybody's got shin guards. Everybody's got all the, I mean, I've got a a car that dings at me every 12 seconds when I don't wear my seatbelt. And I start screaming, right? I'm like, oh my gosh. Please stop nagging me, right? I mean, there's, but we are so safety conscious. We are so fearful today that something might happen. I believe that many of us have overprotected ourselves out of an adventure with God because we're so fearful. It's like this. How many of y'all seen Finding Nemo? It's all about Marlin on this journey, this overprotective dad, trying to find his son that has been lost, that's been kidnapped. And here he's talking to Dory, this bluefish who has really bad memory problems. And as he's talking to Dory about Fabio, I mean Nemo, right? He says, he says this. Thank you, one person got that. Um, he says this. Marlin says, I, I promised my son I would never let anything happen to him. And Dory looked at him kind of quizzically and said, well, that was kind of a dumb thing to promise. If nothing ever happened to him, then he would kind of live a boring life, right? But that is exactly what many of us do when it comes, we overprotect ourselves out of an adventure with God. That for many of you in here today, the things that you're struggling with, your greatest fear, some of these things, God is wanting to take you on the adventure of a lifetime, but because we're so guarded and we're so watching out for our own hide, we, our fear is keeping us from God's best in our lives. What if you were no longer afraid? What if your life was no longer controlled by fear? What if you were more willing to be obedient than you were to be afraid? What would that look like? You know, here's the thing. I don't believe fear is just an unpleasant feeling. I don't believe, I believe that fear is a hindrance to everything God has called you and I to be. God is calling us for something more. Here is a definition of fear I want you to write down. It's our big idea today. That fear is an emotional outburst of unbelief. Fear is the emotional outburst of unbelief. Fear is the emotional, it's not logical, outburst, you don't plan on it, it just happens, of unbelief. Fear keeps us paralyzed living our life in the dip. Fear is not rational, it's emotional, right? I mean, have you ever like sat down with your kid and you know, he, he's, he's, he's afraid of the dark and you turn on the light, listen son, there's nothing to be afraid of because when you turn out the light, I mean, you try to reason with a two-year-old it don't, doesn't work, does it? Right? It's not rational. It's emotional. And let me tell you, it's an outburst. You never plan on being afraid, do you? Okay, Thursday at 8 o'clock in the evening, I am planning on being afraid. No, you don't do that, right? 
Fear is an emotional outburst of what? Of unbelief. Fear and faith are two polar opposites. In fact, here's fear, two polar opposites. Fear is an emotional outburst of unbelief. Here's the rest of the big idea. Faith is a choice to take God at his word. Let me tell you, fear is an emotional outburst of unbelief, and it will keep you paralyzed in the dip. Nobody wants to stay in the dip. Nobody wants to stay in those tough circumstances and tough experiences. None of us want to. But bless you. But if you want to get out of the dip, you're going to have to man up or woman up, and you're going to have to stop letting fear control you. And today, the one verse of Scripture we're going to look at, I'm going to show you how you can do that. All right? Now, let me show you how Habakkuk 3.1 started. It started this way. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, set to what? Wild, enthusiastic, and triumphal music. That's how it started. He made the choice, I am going to start singing, even though his circumstances have not changed. That's how it started. Let me show you how it's going to end today, the song. This is it. Habakkuk 3, 19 says this, and this is from the New Living Translation. The sovereign Lord is my what? Everybody say that next word. Strength. We're going to talk about that word in just a sec. He makes me as sure-footed as a what? Deer, able to tread upon the heights. And then he says, for the choir director, this prayer is to be accompanied by string instruments to the song Viva La Vida. All right, let me show you, let me show you how the word strength is kind of, because that's really cool, that word strength, that Hebrew word strength, this is what it means. It means might, strength, power, able, valiant, hero, virtuous, army host, it's military strength. What's so cool is we're going to be looking at a different translation today. It's called the Amplified Version. And in the Amplified Bible, we're going to see what they do is they take these really rich words that have all these definitions, and they insert the definition into the verse. So the verse, you may have a small verse, it gets a lot bigger. This is what it says. The, sovereign, the Lord God is my what? Strength. And then it defines strength. There it is. My personal bravery, my invincible army. You see, it inserts the definition of strength, and it talks about strength as personal bravery and invincible army. I'm going to keep on reading. He makes my feet like hind's feet. That's a deer's feet. And he makes me to walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. Let's all say that together. It's kind of a mouthful, but I think you can do it. Here we go. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. Let's take this one verse apart because it's so rich. It's so pregnant with meaning. This, let's look at the first part. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. When we call upon God for our strength, he comes to us all by himself as an invincible army. In other words, if God is with you, you are the majority. I think that's cool. 
Because so many times we look at this way, we, we kind of play our odds, okay? There's all of these people over here, but then if I do this one right thing, I'm all out there by myself. No, you're not. Because let me tell you, with God, he is the, when he shows up and you're on his side, you are the majority. He is the God who shows up and, and now you're 10 million strong. You are in the majority. He is that. I love that. He is the soldier that becomes 10 million because that's just who he is. I love that. Today, God is wanting you to understand that God is your personal bravery, not just our. Let me tell you about our. You see, for many of us, we think, you know what, it's easy to be a Christ follower when we can just kind of hang out and come to church and you can hang out with people because you know that that person, that person knows you, and it's kind of like all big herd right? And it's easy to be a Christ follower in here and for us to be courageous in here. But do you know when you leave this place this morning and there's no one else with you, you don't have the hundreds of people here at One Church with you, it's just you. That in that moment that he is your personal bravery, he is your invincible army. It's not just when you show up here in this location and you're with us. No, 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 no. God is saying to you today that he wants to be your. When there's no one else but you, God is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Bravery is something that God is calling you and I to today. i got to be honest with you. If I asked you, give me one adjective to describe you, none of us would probably say the word brave. We would probably say awkward. We would probably say Maybe uh, we would maybe talk about a talent. We would probably come up with a lot of different adjectives, right? But very few of us would say, you know what? I am brave. But let me tell you, God is not just telling us, hey, you need to be brave. He's not telling you today, hey, you need to feel courage. No, no, no. What he's telling you and I today is that I, God, am your bravery. That God, all you have to do is acknowledge me. And I will be your bravery. Let me show you some verses in the Bible about this. One of the most popular chapters in the Bible, Shepherd's Psalm. Some of you, maybe you grew up and you kind of recited this every Sunday. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I think in the old Bible it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, remember that? I will what? I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. For you are close beside me. You see, we can... We, can, we don't have to be afraid, not because the valleys aren't dark or because the valley of the shadow of death is not scary. No, it's scary. It's very scary. So God is not just saying to you, hey, chill up. You know, get, get a good self-help book. No, no, he's not saying that. He's saying, you know what? You don't have to be afraid because I am with you, because I am close beside you. Look at this. I love Isaiah 41.10. Gosh, I like this verse. Do not be afraid. Why? Why should we not be afraid? For I am what? With you. Oh, isn't that awesome? Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. What a great verse. Man, it's like this. I mean, some of you, you may have had kids that got picked on at school, right? You may have got picked on at school. I'll never forget... Um, four or five years ago, there was a kid that was kept on picking on my oldest one. It's, and he's been complaining all throughout the school year, all throughout the school year. Hey, there's these kids that are picking on me. I'm telling the guidance counselor. I'm telling my teachers. And, you know, there's this whole zero tolerance for bullying. 
anyway, um, so I'm, you know, I'm, he's going to talk to people. I'm going to talk to people. It's the last, the second to last day of school. He's getting his awards. And I'm sitting there in the audience, and they're thumping my, my boy. You know, they're hitting him. And, and the teacher's not doing nothing. So I did something. Yeah. Now, hang on. It, get, it gets worse. I looked at this kid, the kid who kept on picking on my son. I says, what do you think you're doing? Stop picking on my boy. Didn't touch him. I didn't yell. I mean, I just, that's all. And I walked away. The principal heard about it. I was banned from school for the next day. I got punished because I went up and stood up for my son. And you know what? I'll get punished all day long for that. I don't care. He's my boy. Some of you, you have a heavenly father who is on your side. So you grew up with a dad who wasn't on your side. But God, the the heavenly father, he is on your side and he is right with you and you don't have to be afraid anymore. Walt didn't have to be afraid. Why? Because I'm a whole lot bigger than that snotty-nosed second grader. That's my point. Because God is with us, we don't have to be afraid any longer. So God's not just saying, hey, buck up, buddy, buckaroo. Right? No, he's saying, you can find your strength because I am standing right next to you. Absolutely. I love this verse. Let me set it up before we put it on the screen. Jesus' disciples, the, the 12 guys hanging out with him, uh, they're, uh, they're in a boat. And like half of them were fishermen, so they kind of lived on a boat. And they loved doing boat stuff. And they were fishermen and all this stuff. They would fish on the boat. Well, they are crossing from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other. And Jesus isn't with them. And a storm kind of brews up, and they've kind of hung out with some storms, but this storm lasted for hours, and they were afraid they were going to lose their life. And in the midst of this storm, Jesus shows up. This is what the verse says, Matthew 14, I think it's 14, Uh, it says this, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were what? Terrified. In there, what's that next word? Fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus, I like this word, Jesus says immediately, Jesus immediately said to them, how often do we get, stay paralyzed in the situation when Jesus says immediately? Jesus immediately said to them, don't be afraid. Why? Because the boat you got, it's a great boat. That's not what he says. Don't be afraid, take Courage, where do you take courage from? Because I am here. I like that. You see, Jesus is not just saying, you know what, you just need to feel courage. Well it up. No, that's not what he's doing. He's saying, I got this. I'm here. It's like me with my, my son in second grade. I got this. All right? I got your problem. All right? I am here. Let me teach you some sign language. I won't make you stand up for this. Y'all ready for this? Put your hands up in the air. Wave them like you just don't care. I'm just, okay. <laughs> I always wanted to do that. Uh, uh, no, seriously, put your hands up in the air. All right, and then I want you to turn them this way, okay? Reach down, make a fist, and this is sign language for courage. All right, you grab, up. One more time, grab, up. One more time, grab. At this point, you're hoping that the person next to you put on deodorant. All right, all right, cool, go. Cool. And what it's saying is that we are to well courage up and in us. But that's not what this verse says. This verse says that we can do this. We can 
Take courage from him. Take courage, for it is I. Where do we get our courage? God. Where do we get our courage? God. Very good. We can take courage because God is with us. I love that. Did Jesus say be courageous? No. Did he say feel courage? No. He said take courage. Why? Because it is I. I like that. We don't have to muster up courage. This is back to Habakkuk 3.19. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet. That's deer feet. We're going to talk about it in a minute. And will make me to walk, not to stand still in terror but to walk and to make spiritual progress. Some of you, you are so scared that you are standing still, and the problem is you're in the middle of a dip and you're standing still. It's like being afraid and being in the middle of a, an interstate, in the middle of the interstate, and you're afraid and you're standing still. It's not a good place to stop. you got to keep on moving. The favorite movie of mine is Saving Private Ryan. I love that. The entire movie set in World War II is about this mission to go and find this one guy, Ryan, James Ryan, and to be able to take him back home. Well, in the process, they find Ryan, but they find Ryan that he's guarding a bridge. And these seven people say, okay, we're going to take our stand now. And one of the seven guys is a guy by the name of Oppum. Oppum. Oppum was a journalist. He had really never fired a gun, and he didn't really know anything. He was kind of wet behind the ears. It's not somebody he would, that you would want as a battle buddy. And Oppum is out there, and at the end of the movie, all of his friends are getting slaughtered. And Oppum, where do you see Oppum? He is standing still in terror. So much so that after a, a, a Nazi kills one of his friends... He's, he's, he's scared to death. He's just, he's midstream up on a, on, on, a, on, a, on a stairs. The Nazi comes down, sees him, and just almost ignores him. Just walks right by him because he realizes this guy's not a threat. He is so afraid. He is paralyzed with fear. Now, here's the thing. When I watch that movie, I would always, I want to see myself as the Tom Hanks character. I want to see myself, you know, on the, on the end of the bridge and, you know, just do it. I don't know. I mean, it's easy for us to say, I would do this in this situation. But unless you've been in that situation, you don't know how you're going to react. You may be paralyzed with fear. And the problem is, from, from the military people that I've talked to, one of the scariest things you can do in a firefight is to stay put. In fact, y'all have got a saying, shoot move, communicate. See, I'm learning from y'all. See, that's how this works, right? Shoot, move, and communicate. You don't shoot and go, (laughs) right? You don't do that. You do that, you're a target, right? You shoot, and then you move. But see, fear keeps us paralyzed, paralyzed in the dip. Man, some of you, you're just standing still because you're, you've been upset with God. You're upset with God because he allowed something to happen in your life. You may be still going to church. You may still even be in a community group. But you say, I don't trust you anymore, God. And that's where I was eight years ago. God, I think you should have done this. You didn't do this. Why is that? All of us, I've experienced that. You've experienced that. The problem is... When we experience that and we choose not to trust God, the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. We have to have faith. We have to trust him. 
Why? Because he is our personal bravery. He is our invincible army. I'm going to keep on reading. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet. Now let's talk about that. These are feet of a deer. He's talking about being sure-footed in very high and very dangerous places. Being very secure in not worried about slipping or falling. Let me show you some pictures of mountain goats because that's what this word in the Hebrew deer is what it's talking about. They're called ibexes, I-B-E-X in Israel. And you have these goats that kind of go up the side of a mountain. They don't think anything about being high. Look at this next picture. I mean, look at that goat. Daggum. He is really trying to get that little bit of grass right there. Now, how is he able to do that? I'll tell you the reason why. It's because God created mountain goats to be on mountains. I know that's deep. Nobody's writing that down. I'm, I am offended. But listen to me, y'all. God is, God is saying in this verse, I am going to make you as sure-footed as a mountain goat. I am going to make you so that you don't have to worry about falling or slipping. I'm going to make you this sure-footed and you see, if, if I'm, you, and you photoshopped that mountain goat out, you put me in there, this is the way I would look. Right? Because I don't belong there. The mountain goat belongs there. But what this verse is saying is that God is calling all of us to an adventure. God is calling us all to a place where we can see farther and bigger and higher than any of us. God is calling us to this. Here's the problem. Many of us are in this place right here. Wait for it. No, one more. One more. One more, dear Jesus. There. God is calling us to the mountains and we are looking at the back of a sheep's behind. Because hear me, if you follow the herd, this is your view. That's your view. You see, the reason why some of your spiritual life is so boring is because that's what you see, right? And this is what God is calling you to. Go to that next slide if you would. Now, one more. One more. There, right there. He is calling you to be so high in your perspective. He's making this, go back to that Psalm 1833. I love this verse. It says this, he makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand upon mountain heights. That's Psalm 1833. When you're a mountain goat, you're not afraid of heights because that's where God has called you to be. And that's what God is calling you and I. But many of us, we choose to be on the pack side and following the herd and the back, right? He's calling, he's calling us to be so much more and we're settling. We're settling. And our spiritual walk is blah because God is calling us to an adventure and our, we're so fearful and afraid that we are backing out of that. And we gotta call that what it is. Our fear is an emotional outburst of unbelief. Let's go back to the Habakkuk 319 and we'll be done. Let's do the whole verse. Um, he makes my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk and to make spiritual progress upon my, the high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. Trouble, suffering, 
or responsibility. And what the writer is saying here is this, you know what? There are three different mountains. Some of you in here today, you're struggling being sure-footed on the mountain of trouble. You just got trouble. And for some of that, it may look like where, you know, you got trouble at home, you got trouble in the workplace, your circumstances, they're not really working out the way you would hope for them to work out, and it, you're just struggling. And I'm just going to ask you to be real. It's just me and you in here today. How many of you just say, you know, I'm just experiencing trouble? Anybody, would you raise your hands? All right, cool. Thank you very much. All right. Let's go to the next one, Suffering. Many times suffering has a lot more to do with our physical side, uh, with physical ailments. You may have a disease that you just can't shake. Maybe the doctor, you had a checkup and he mentioned the C word to you. And maybe it's just, you've just been struggling with your health and you've just been suffering. How many of you, that would, that's you. Okay, thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? All right, cool. Let's look at the last one, responsibility. Responsibility. What is responsibility? <laughs> Well, responsibility is where we feel overwhelmed because of the things that we have to do. If you're a mom, this is probably yours. And especially if you're a single parent. Because you're having to be mom and dad, and you're just overwhelmed. Um, Maybe you're an employer and you're overwhelmed by responsibility. Maybe because of cutbacks and layoffs, you're doing six people's jobs. You're just overwhelmed. How many of y'all, you'd say, that's me? Responsibility is mine. Well, a lot of people, you know, okay. You see, what God is saying, no matter whether it's trouble, suffering, or responsibility, God wants you to move. No matter which one of those mountains we struggle with, God is saying the best way out of that dip and onto that mountain is to stop standing still. Fear keeps us paralyzed. But God has not called us to fear. He's called us up on the mountaintops, to see the world from his perspective, to get so high up. If you're struggling with this fear thing, maybe write it down on a three-by-five card, put it in your car every time you get in there. Put it on your mirror at home. Put it in your books as you go to school. Memorize that. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hind's feet and will make me to walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk, and to make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. Let me tell you, if you hide it in here, even when you don't have a Bible, even when you don't have your phone, God can help you through anything. Why? Because we can take courage, because he is always with us. Let me answer a couple of questions, and we'll be done. Um, Is there a difference between being nervous about something and having fear about something? Again, great question. You know, I think there are many times we can be nervous about situations. I I think a lot of times, you know, um, when we experience something new, uh, we can get nervous. I know when I got married 20 years ago, I was nervous, right? I was nervous because I'd never experienced, it was was a lot of responsibility, it was going to be a lot of change. There may even been a little bit of fear there, but I think there was more of just a nervousness. And yeah, I think there would be a difference between nervousness and fear. Fear, we're all afraid of some things, and sometimes that's healthy fear. But the fear that we're talking about today is the fear that, okay, I'm not going to take God at his word anymore. If I can't control it, if I can't manage it, then I'm not going to do it. And it's where we try to white-knuckle and manipulate God. 
And that never works. It never works with people. It doesn't work with your spouse. Somebody needs to say amen. And it never works with God. What fear does is it keeps us paralyzed in our dip. So today, my prayer for you as the band comes out, we're going to sing one more song, and I would just encourage you, I would encourage you to be able to overcome your fears by putting, acknowledging your fears for what they really are, okay? It's an emotional outburst of unbelief. A lot of times, just acknowledging that, saying that, it helps. And then say, okay, I know what that is. Now, I'm going to choose to do the opposite. I am going to choose to follow God. And yeah, my knees may be knocking, and I may be struggling, but I'm going to surround myself with people who will encourage me and love me and push me towards those new spiritual heights that he's calling me to. Let me pray for us. Dear, dear God, I just thank you so much for your love. I thank you so much, God, that we can be able to come and just experience you um, in the dips of life. Lord, so many times we feel like in order to be a Christian, we just always have to be smiling. We always have to have those Jesus is the answer bumper stickers, and we just have it all together. And Lord, that's just not the case for, I don't think, any of us. Lord, I know that you're the answer, Jesus. I know that. But God, I also know that there's times in my life when my doubt and my darkness overshadow my faith and I get caught up in my fear. And Lord, it's in those times, it's in those times that I remember you saying, Chris, I am with you. You are not alone. Take courage. I am your strength. I am your personal bravery. I am your invincible army. I will make you sure-footed as a deer. You don't have to stay where you're at anymore. The dip where you're living in is not the home that I have for you for the rest of your life. It's just something to to pass through and to learn from and to grow closer to God in. But Lord, you call us upon the mountaintops to see the world from your perspective. Lord, to be closer to you. We love you. In Jesus' name that we pray.